Hey, welcome back, everybody. You're in the team room with Jared and myself, the Ones Ready Podcast, back with another one. We have one of our friends, Team Hoist athlete, Rachel Waters, here with us on the team room. Rachel, thanks so much for stopping by. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, we are super duper excited about this. We were talking before we hit record. You are uh, an amazing athlete that we've been following on Instagram for quite a while. When you know the, we realized that we were both team hoist, we reached out to our friends over there. We're like, listen, we got to get Rachel on. She's, she's fantastic. So pro obstacle course rater, racer, you're obviously a, a fitness enthusiast and athlete uh, at the professional level for, for however high, uh, you know, of the mountain that that is in today's world, because there are some extremely strong chicks out there, but your name is, is really high up in that very, very strong chick realm. And that's, it's awesome. That's why we want to have you on, but for all of our listeners, kind of just give us a background of who you are and how you came to be the, you know, the strength athlete and the, and the athlete that you are today. Yeah. I mean, I'll try to make it a short story. I guess nothing ever is. Um, <laughs> but I like to share, I like that question actually, because um, I like to tell people that I didn't grow up playing sports. I didn't come from a sports family. Um, nobody ever expected me to do anything sports related with my life. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I walked onto the track team in high school with some friends because they that's one of those sports where they really can't kick you off. If you show up to practice, you just suck sure. and you show up to practice. Um, <laughs> and and so I sucked and I just kind of started running and, um, you know, and kept with it. And then kept a relationship with running into adulthood. Um, you know, it actually developed into, you know, this is another can of worms, but um, like a, a more un unhealthy, my, my relationship with exercise has changed, but, you know, it turned into something a little more unhealthy in my twenties, um, you know, running more just to try to look a certain way, but I, running was, I guess, more as a punishment, but I stayed as a casual runner. Um, and then one day I was running a, a half marathon and someone said, have you tried a Spartan race? And I was like, no. Um, they're like, well, there's one next month. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, all right. That sounds, I can, it's five miles. I can do that. You know? Um, sure. Yeah. And it was right at a time I had gone through a breakup. So it was like, kind of like what I needed at that moment. Right. This like thing to, to scare me and look forward to. So I showed up, yeah. I, I went, um, didn't even really know what I was getting myself into. And it was so hard. My hands were ripped up. I was so beat up after, um, and then I was driving home and I checked the results and I had run in like an open non-competitive wave. And, um, I looked and I had gotten like, I want to say it was like 10th or 11th out of like 1300 women. Oh, and wow. yeah. And I just, and, and it was like this moment in my life, I like pulled over the car and I sort of like cried actually. Cause it was, like, <laughs> it was the first time in my life I ever felt like I was really good at anything. Like, I don't know. How awesome is that? A moment like that. And so, I mean, I just never looked back. Um, that was in 2015. And a month later, another race came to town and I signed up for the competitive wave and, and that was it. And um, here I am all these years later and it's still so much fun. So I just keep coming back. So um, I guess I happened to be good at it and, you know, wanted to train harder. And it's the type of thing that um, you really learn a lot about yourself when you get pretty uncomfortable out there. And I've done a lot of things um, since I started that have pushed me to different levels of discomfort. And I just keep coming back because I love the chaos of it. I think, I think I sort of thrive in that, um, you know, every obstacle race is different. It's not like a marathon, right? A marathon is a marathon is the mileage, but you know, with an right. obstacle race, the order of the obstacles makes a difference. The weather, um, the terrain, I mean, it just, it's a lot of fun. So that's kind of how it, how it happened. I just sort of came into it. And so now that I, it's, I still have an identity crisis as like an athlete in a way, because I never, it's just a, it feels like a hobby that I happen to be good at. And I enjoy people ask me, how do you find the motivation to work out? I'm like, I just love it. So um, right. here I am finding what I love to do. And that's it. <laughs> I'm going to give a quick shout out to heartbreak because you can say whatever you want about CrossFit or Olympic lifting, but nobody has made people into better shape. Like as a humanity, all of humanity than heartbreak, you get a good breakup. And like, I've been in a room just eating chicken and rice sad, just looking forward to my next gym session as well. You know, like, I think we've all had that moment where you were looking for something and, and, uh, you know, fitness or athletics or whatever, you know, found itself when you started. So after that first race, right. And you, you kind of pulled over and you had that moment you're like, Holy cow, this, this might be an actual thing. And then you're getting ready to sign up for the next one. What were those feelings jumping into there? Cause we have a, a lot of our listeners are, are waiting to make that big leap. They're waiting to take that step. And there's a lot of anxiety tied to that. There's a lot of you know, imposter syndrome. There's a lot of what if I fail? How did you get over those initial hurdles when you started, 
kind of on this journey to get where you are? To kind of move into the pro, pro realm, I guess, like just making sure. that, you know, I guess it depends on, on how you view failure um, and how afraid you are to fail. And I guess the external criticism of potential failure never really bothered me that much because um, nobody has ever given me a harder time than I've ever given myself. Like, like I've given myself the hardest time of anybody out there. So I knew that I could deal with, with my own heartbreak and failure and disappointment. And, um, you know, I mean, it is intimidating. I still get a little nervous. Sometimes people put expectations on you as an athlete, you know, you have a bad day, you don't podium, you whatever. And people come up to you like, well, what happened? And you're like, sure. I don't know. I just, I'm a person like, I just <laughs> I sucked today. Day. I don't know. Like I just, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like it just happened. But, um, I, I think the hardest part is signing up. And, 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 and I think another thing that's so strange is when people come up to me and say, you know, you ran the pro wave. You're so, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm like, it's the same race. Like it's literally the same course. If you run in the pro competitive wave versus an open non-competitive, you know, do it for fun, do it as even if it's competitive for you and you're not, you know, in, in the, in the, the pro qualifications, it's the same physical thing. And so I, I, I tell people I'm not doing anything different. It's just, you know, you've got to be willing to give up your ego, you know, so what if your last place you don't win? I mean, um, I guess it just, it didn't really, I didn't want people in my way in the open wave. I just had to sign up in the pro wave. You know, it's like, <laughs> if I want to sure. run as fast as I want to run, like they got to get out of my way. I better run pro, um, you know? And so it just pushes you, you know, and you put yourself in this group with these fast women and it's going to demand more of you than if you just go out and race yourself too. So did you have anybody in that group of fast women that you were looking up to? Like you had a role model where you're like, Oh my goodness. Like, especially when we started out, you know, we have our role models that we looked up to. And of course, you know, young kids have athletes that they look up to, but in this world of kind of like pro obstacle course racing, it's, it's very niche, but did you have a big name that you looked at and you're like, Oh man, I, I just hope that I want to be here. There were a couple, like when I started, um, I would say Amelia Boone was an original obstacle course racer and Corinna Coffin. And, you know, I was watching them, um, as it's grown, you know, Lindsay Webster's the probably top name in our, in our world. Um, one of my friends, Chris in Texas is quickly stepping up. So I had, yeah, you know, I, I had some, some role models, but I've always also been kind of a personal per like, you know, an, an individual that kind of keeps to myself. So I try not to put too mm -hmm. much emphasis on, on them, but absolutely. I've had girls that I like looked up to and, um, admired and was a little starstruck by as athletes for sure. <laughs> did you ever actually get to meet them and talk to them as you were in that space and you became a bigger name? Did you get to meet your idols? They always tell you never meet your idols, right? Well, I'm one, no, but what was actually interesting is I got to go and a head to head, head to head competition in a final elimination with one of them, um, last year. Oh, wow. And I, and I beat her and that was, um, like a moment, another moment uh, <laughs> for, for me in I my mean, life. No big to, deal. Too, no, yeah. Like, slight, I mean, and that's like when flight. you ask that, because I mean, it's like everybody has that. Like, and that for me was like another moment in my life where I'll never forget how I felt. Like, when you, you know, when you do something like that, because it's not like we're not like fighters. We don't like call out other athletes. Like, right. we don't do yeah, that, yeah. you know? Um, so it's not like anything. And she's an incredible person. And I got to meet her and it's, you know, nothing. It's never fun to beat people, right? Because somebody loses. But for me, that was like a moment of, of, you know, validation, I guess, like personal validation on mine, but yeah. Um, but one, no, no, I didn't. Yeah. I haven't met Amelia Boone. <laughs> are, are there like, is there a large pool of, of athletes like yourself? I mean, yes and no. Um, there's thousands, I mean, there's millions of people doing Spartan races, but, um, in, in the pool, sometimes like some of our races, I'll be racing 10 people. Sometimes I'm racing 70 people. Um, you know, yes, there's a lot of um, overlap. So we get a lot of CrossFit athletes. There's this new hybrid type of fitness. I don't know if you guys have heard of High Rocks and Deca Fit. They're kind of like CrossFit with running. Um, so there are, and it's getting bigger and more competitive. I've seen the sport grow so much um, since I started. I mean, the obstacles they're building are so much more difficult. They're demanding more of the athletes. Um, it is growing, but it's still sort of a small sport. Um, but when you start well, putting prize money out people start. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that changes things when you, when you start <laughs> having a, a, a purse at the end of it for sure is so can you define just for us, like, do you consider yourself more of a, a hybrid athlete or a, a, a professional obstacle course 
you know, like, I mean, I, I guess I, would I don't have even to say know, like, obstacle. where do you c- categorize your, <laughs> I guess I would have to say obstacle course racing because, um, that's been, I guess, more of my, my sport that I've excelled at, but, um, there is this like other part of like this hybrid racing that has sort of come off of obstacle racing and it's really growing. And I've actually been interested in that. Um, cause I've been in obstacle racing now for, you know, six or seven years. And so I have actually been looking more at, um, not, not CrossFit per se, cause the CrossFit's a really technical sport, um, mm-hmm. but more of the, the hybrid, but I would, if I had to pick one, I'd say my primary sports obstacle course racing, but I like to do anything. I mean, I do CrossFit type competitions, trail, trail running, um, you know, anything that, that sucks, basically. I'm like, let's yeah. do it. And, if and I can do it, like, and it sucks, yeah. I want to do it. <laughs> and and rewards at the end, too, you know, like pizza rucks, you know? I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. Too, apparently. And the community and meeting people and, you know, like get, just getting to, um, you know, talk to people. It's, you know, I, I just like to, I can't sit still. So I'm just, I'm always just trying to work out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guilty. I'm, uh, I am also a busybody. What are you drinking there? What, what do you got? Oh, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a hoist. <laughs> just, oh, it's a little hoist. Oh, don't you man. worry about that. Don't you worry about that. Just do you guys like over. hoist? Oh, my God. it's it's in here right now. Yeah, slide over to drinkhoist.com <laughs> and I'm gonna put your code out. So go over and, and use code Rachel10 if you want to get a sweet discount off of some hoist. So Ivy Level Hydration for us, we we like it in the DoD. Yeah, because and that's actually hoist three. is like the mortar that brought us together. <laughs> it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. drink hoist, uh, drink hoist ass, yeah. athletes together. <laughs> yeah, they, they brought sorry, us together. Yep, yeah, I had to, I had to use that opportunity. I saw it and I was like, yeah, may as well. Right, I mean, ten minutes in, eleven minutes in, go right into it. <laughs> it's right in there. <laughs> um, Rachel, you said you said something uh, earlier about, and, and Aaron, you kind of alluded to it as well, talking about. Um, breakups and fitness and how a lot of that ties together. Like, so have you, have you kind of always used fitness as kind of a therapy? Cause I know like, that's a big thing, right? Is, you know, whether it's, whether it is breakups, whether it's um, depression, anxiety, um, you know, trouble sleeping and stuff like that. Like you, that is the one thing that I've noticed throughout, you know, my time is that fitness can help with so much of that. Um, it, yeah. it, it may not solve the problem, but is, is that kind of how you used it and how you see it? Yeah. And, and I would think, and I think that, um, you know, to get to a certain level of training, you know, whether, whatever your sport is, or even like, let, let's even take it outside of sports and say, you know, people that like over, like over dedicate, they're obsessed with their work or they're obsessed with hunting or they're obsessed with remodeling a car or redoing their house or whatever it is that you're passionate and obsessed about, right? You take it, take it to the extreme. I think that a lot of people um, that look for those types of things have, have like a deep hurt um, because a lot of the people that I've met through sports, it's like, we all share this, this similar hurt. And in a way you're almost like so used to hurt that the physical hurt kind of people are numb to it, I guess. I, I mean, maybe that's a very like tragic answer to that, but <laughs> I think there's this common pain that, that can bring people and, and you can transform yourself because, um, you know, in a lot of ways, so many of us have built walls up and I, and I know for myself to really emotionally break myself down, I have to just grind myself out. Like I can't, yep. like I have built some, some walls up in ways that, it takes a little while to really physically break, literally like break myself open, I guess, to be able to, it's a very meditative experience for me, exercise yeah. people. Yeah. Like it's my, the quiet, I think, I mean, um, I, I write, sometimes I'm working out, like grab paper and just start writing. Like I have to stop my workout to just go write because things, things come. So, um, you know, maybe it's some stubbornness in there, but I, I think that, um, like this, this, you know, using this darkness, you can kind of like use it to fuel like that, that light mm-hmm. of, of this energy, I guess. I mean, I don't know if that answers it, but yeah, no, it, it, it does because there, there are, you know, I've, I don't run with a phone or anything like that, but almost every time I go for a run, like I'm sure I have, I've had some very, you know, I'm sure I'd be a millionaire with some of the ideas that I've thought of, you know, while I'm going out running. But by the time I get back, if I don't actively go, remember this, remember this, I will forget it. And, but it, it but it's clarity, you know? Yeah. It's, so it's, it, for me anyway. And and I hear that from a lot of people. So it's not just me being weird. We were, yeah. well, yeah, 
we're weird together, I guess. I, no kidding on the on the group chat. Like I got done with a workout and I hit our group chat, like our little ones ready group chat. And I, I hit like four or five ideas and I just put them out there. And our, our friend Trent was just like, oh man, like where'd you come up with all these ideas? I was like, you'd be surprised what clarity you can gain because I had an hour Stairmaster session, right? So I was just <laughs> crushing myself on the Stairmaster for an hour straight. I was like, you'd be surprised what clarity, but it's even, it's even built into the terminology that we use. Like when you have a really hard CrossFit workout or when you have a really hard race or, you know, when you're talking about doing 50 milers, 100 milers, and you're getting hit with a bunch of penalties during the obstacle course, like we call it going to a dark place. We, we literally say like you sit in your pain cave and you're, you're just trying to grind through it and you're, you're being very, very physically present. You know, you can't be anywhere else other than in that moment. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to think about it because, you know, you literally go into that dark place, you go into that pain cave and the whole point is to accomplish and gain some clarity on the way out and be a better person afterwards after breaking yourself down. So you, you explained that perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, I know my relationship with like working out has changed over time. I think I'm mean, cause I've obviously changed too, but, um, you know, it really is therapeutic and there's this very primal thing about it. And it's funny because we're in our little commercial gyms with our mm-hmm. water bottles, you know, paying <laughs> right. to be there, working out to yeah. get ourselves to like fight or flight mode. Right. Like, right. but you, you really primally like break yourself down to like, almost like when you're on a Stairmaster for an hour, it feels like survival. You know, and, and your mind clears. So like when I'm on a race course, oh, yeah. like nothing else matters. Like I, I doesn't matter if I think I'm not good enough. It doesn't matter what I look like, what someone said, what I'm ashamed of, what I did yesterday. All that matters is I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to get through this next mile. I'm dying. Like, oh, there's just this next obstacle. Like, and so it really, it's just such a clear place. I think when you, when you can be so pushed into physical exertion that, you get to forget all this shit that doesn't really matter, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you, you said it earlier that you learned a lot about yourself in some of those dark places. And I think that, I think that's common with all of us is, is you definitely, your mind will take some, some paths that it normally would not take when you are, you know, you said it in that, that fight or flight mode. Um, and it's, it, it's interesting whether that's, again, whether that's healthy or not, I don't know. I, I tend to <laughs> say it is healthy. I think I'm but. doing okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess like, I mean, none, none of us are perfect, but you know, yeah. some of us just grind ourselves to the bone to like advance yeah. <laughs> but you know. At least I'm just my being self-destructive is, and I'm not hurting others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. At least it's at least it's only my problem. My favorite yeah. is when you're just in the in the depths of it and somebody's like somebody comes over and like literally, are you okay? Dude, are you fine? I'm like, I've never been better. This is this is great. It's almost like fight club. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're you're yeah. in the middle of the fight and you're like, no, I've I've never had uh more clarity than that. What are, when you first started out and you first started getting on this pro, you know, obstacle race, I kind of want to talk about how you evolved through it. What were some of those, um, you know, not, not like really like first race jitters and stuff like that. Cause every, everybody gets those. What was one thing that you found that was way harder and you had no idea that it was going to be as hard as it was when you first started your pro career? Like as far as an obstacle on like a course or just like, sure. Or, or training or, you know, was it, was it the training oh, grind um, that you had to go into? Like, what was one of those things that you were like, oh wow, this is a real thing. Um, I think it's like the, the travel, maybe like, like the, the, the lifestyle you really have to have to be able to, to get out there. Because the interesting thing about obstacle course racing is that, you know, you have to have this big elaborate outdoor setup, you know, you can't mm-hmm. just do, you can't just do a trail run somewhere. You can't just do a, go into a box and do a CrossFit competition or even wrestling or basketball. I mean, to, to have these courses, I mean, it's, they're not easy to find. You have to, there's only so many that are in your hometown. So um, it's really being able to like train and access them because, um, you know, it's just not that common. It's growing. American Ninja Warriors really helped because people all think it's like the same thing. And there's Ninja Gyms, which is great. But um, I think it, um, you know, it's it's really the, the access and training and then the ability to compete, you know, at home. Um, because the lifestyle of doing it really requires you to travel around, um, a lot. So I yeah, think I really sure. wasn't expecting that part. Yeah. Are you not going to just build your own out back? Do you have any plans to make your own obstacle course to do all your own training at home or what? No, I don't, I don't have like the space now. And, um, I actually like 
the chaos of like, I only, I don't do obstacles unless I'm in a race and I sort of like the chaos of it. If that makes sense. Like I, I'd be, of course it'd be fun if I could just have my own course and like run around it in my backyard, but it's not a priority to me, I guess. Um, cause I love just like, like, I don't ever even look at the course maps. Um, you know, before I you go, just go completely of, blind to it. Yeah. They'll have like the, the, the <laughs> obstacles in order. And I'm just like, I, it doesn't matter. Like it really just, it really doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it. I mean, cause I can try to play. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, maybe I should have. And I'm like, no, it was fine. Um, but I just love the, I think the chaos of it. So, um, for me, I, I think I like having it as this like special thing that I have to travel to. And it's really only there that I can have experience. But I would say that the access does make it hard as a sport in general, because, you know, again, to do them, it's this big elaborate setup um, for, you know, miles of course. Um, sure. It's just not, not as easy to do. Do you think that your love of chaos gives you an advantage over other people where, you know, the world is falling down around you, but you were just, yes. you're just there for it? Yeah, it, it was, does. I think. Was that something you always had or is it something you developed as you got into the sport? Um, unfortunately, I grew up in a very like chaotic, um, not safe feeling home. So mm -hmm. from a really young age, I internalized and learned how to survive in chaos. And it, I guess it almost felt normal to me. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't really have a choice. Um, so I, I guess I grew up that way um, and in a family that way. And so um, I, I guess I can thrive in it. And so I, I actually like the chaos. You know, I see it. I'm really not the fastest. I'm not, you know, the strongest. There's a lot of women out there um, that, you know, athletically in measurements can probably outdo me, but I just um, my mind, like I can just hang in there when people start to freak out, I guess. Um, and sometimes that's what it really makes the difference, not necessarily your speed, but you know, if the temperature drops and you're all wet in a lake and you have to get out and it's 30 degrees and you know, you're soaking wet and you're cold that you can really change your mind about how you feel regardless of, <laughs> you know, how cold you oh, might yeah. think you are. Like it's oh, shocking yeah. how much you can really like mentally stay warm. Right. Like, um, but yeah, I guess I just, I, unfortunately I grew up in it, but fortunately I grew up in it because it, it enabled yeah. me from a young age to sort of develop those skills. Yeah. Well, and now you've turned that into such a positive thing where you've no kidding taken ownership of that thing. Even the fact that you said fortunately, but unfortunately, you know, you've turned that into such a positive driving motivator for your life. And that has to be really inspirational to the people that follow you on Instagram or the people that follow you through all of these races to watch, you know, you said it yourself, you're not the biggest, you're not the strongest, you're not the fastest, but you're always at the top of that leaderboard as somebody that's out there competing. And that's, that rings true with, with our audience as well. A lot of folks that, that, you know, we don't, the, we talk about it all the time in the selection program that we run. When we look at those folks, like some of the biggest, strongest athletes are the first people to leave. Some people that in, you know, you, you watch these little wiry 155 pounds soaking wet, you know, five foot seven dudes, those guys are just there day after day. They're like a, a junkyard dog. You know, you can't get away, um, from that mentality. Did, did you do anything specifically to, to develop kind of to, to play to those strengths? Have, you know, are there any books that you read or is there anything that you read on mental preparation, um, that you felt like, Oh, okay, this is, it, it kind of clicked for you. I mean, it's been a long, long process <laughs> and I'm still, still in it. Um, yeah. you know, like every day, sometimes it's like minute by minute, like, um, you know, you know, learning and growing, but, um, you know, a little bit of like a parallel sort of story. That's an important part of my story is that, um, when I was about 18 or 19, my mom had gotten sick. She got diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And so I did developed, you know, it was, I was the perfect storm based on like my upbringing and, you know, like the environment of being a female and stuff. And I developed bulimia when I was about 18, 19 as a coping skill, you know, and that mm -hmm. was my way to deal with my mom's illness. Um, you know, the things I never really developed, the, I, the things I wasn't able to develop yet. Right. And learning how to deal with my pain, anger, all this stuff from my childhood, you know, I just sort of bottled it up and that was my I guess addiction, if you want to call it that, if it wasn't that I probably would have been an alcoholic or a something else, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so that was sort of a parallel part of all of this. So my relationship with food, nutrition, exercises has changed dramatically because when you pair 
you know, an eating disorder with exercise, it, they usually are, you know, part, part of each other um, when that's your, your mindset. Um, and so that was sort of like a, a parallel story that I had. And really working on that, I think, um, was the first step I had to take to develop as a person and an athlete and with my mindset. Um, because one day I just got sick enough of my own shit and was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, like, I just can't do this anymore. And um, yeah. sort of making that choice. Um, I didn't actually, and I'm not advocating this as, as an option, but I didn't, you know, go to treatment or or therapy or medication or anything. I just um, picked up a calendar one day and wrote number one on it for day one and, and put it up in my bathroom so I could see it every day and was like, you know, I'm changing this. Like, and so I actually like still have this calendar that's like, I still like go right the days I'm in, I'm almost at three years now of bulimia sobriety, but it's like, sometimes oh, wow. that calendar is the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, I wouldn't, man, that is a fantastic story. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I wouldn't advocate like doing it without, without help, but um, you know, I've read some of my favorite books. I love um, the alchemist. I love Pema Caudron. If you've ever read any of her, she does a lot of Buddhist stuff. Um, I love um, chasing excellence is a great book. I don't know if you guys, Ben Bergeron's written that one. Yeah. I love to he's read. Fan, he's I just fan, been, he's fantastic. Yeah, I just ben finished way of, the Peace, way of the peaceful warrior. If you guys have read that, I just finished that one. Um, my next book is Victor Frankl's. I just, a lot of stuff I've used the Headspace app, but I think reading for me has been the biggest thing because I've had to learn new ways. I've had to learn, learn how brains work and learn from other people about, you know, how, how to, how to change habits and stuff, but a lot of reading, a lot of exercise, writing poetry, um, and just looking at a calendar and trying not to let myself down and go back to day one again, you know? Well, and so much of it depends on you. The fact that you recognize this is my rock bottom. I have to be better. And you started it. We talk about victor versus victim mentality all the time on here. All the time we say it has to start with you. No amount of oh, yeah. reaching oh, out, sure. no amount to reaching out to your friends, no amount of self-help books. It's not going to help until you no. decide to help yourself. And you're you a case study. You have to study take personal it. responsibility for, you know, you can't can always, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to pause when I feel an emotion and not react, you know, that that's the goal, but you can't always control your thoughts. You can't always control your emotions, but you do, you get to take full responsibility for what you choose to say how you choose to spend your time, how you choose to treat people. You make all of those choices. And it's a humbling thing. You're like, well, shit, I'm in this because I chose this. But when you realize that, it's it's empowering. And it, um, you know, you don't get to blame, you know, I had to learn, you don't get to blame your parents anymore, you know, for whatever your parents did to you when you were a kid. When, when you're an adult, you don't get to do that anymore. Like you get right. to take responsibility for that wasn't me. I wasn't them. I have a choice to learn and do different. Um, and so I was really, again, I got sick of my own shit. I was just like, look at this prison you've built yourself with an eating disorder. You know, is this what you want? Like, cause you're choosing this. And and so it's really, it's, it sucks to be like, Oh my God, it's me, you know, but taking <laughs> right, responsibility, yeah. you know, that nobody likes that. You want to blend. I was, I played the victim for a long time. Right. It's, what happened to me. It's how people have treated me. It's because of this. Oh, my mom got sick. It was this. It's like, well, no, Rachel, like you are the only thing you get to control is, is, is what you think and what you do and, and how you act. And like, let's just start there. Like, let me start with there. Let's start with eating. Right. Right. Let's, let's start yeah. with this. Um, you know, and it, it's still hard, right. Addiction and, and mind and emotions. But um, the more you work at it, the little bit easier it gets over time. Um, and you can celebrate your victories of, you know, succeeding in those every time you find yourself almost falling off the cliff and you pull, are able to have the mindfulness to put yourself back on. That's like a win because you're like, man, five years ago, I would have probably, you know, had a meltdown over this. Spiral and now out. I can. Yeah. can so. Yeah, I would have spiraled out into nothing and fallen right back into those old habits. Yeah. And it would have been this, you know, month long thing. And now you're able to not only recognize that you're going that way, but catch yourself and then you put the brakes on and go, no, that's not who I am anymore. And that's not what I'm going to accept for myself anymore. And that's a huge lesson. Yeah, I love that you use the word habits because that's all it really is. And once you can separate like your actions and habits from yourself, right? Like you aren't an alcoholic, you're just choosing alcohol as, you know, a way to deal with your stress. And so when you can also identify that, it's like, well, wait a minute, like you can also choose to be something else. You can choose to do something differently instead of like this, 
this identity of I'm a failure, I'm at this. It's like, well, no, wait a minute. It's, it's just a bad habit, you know? Um, learn, so you learn a new habit, right? Like exercising yourself into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Absolutely, just yeah. crushing yourself in the gym to teach yourself a lesson yeah. every single day. And I, we, yeah, I to think learn all, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have that part of us too, that we want to substitute those healthy habits, you know, for the unhealthy habits that we have. And of course you can go the, the wrong way. We all jokingly talk about just destroying ourselves you know, in the gym or, or for fitness or whatever. But that's the bottom line is, is looking at yourself and go, wait a second, I'm going to put something healthy in place of this unhealthy thing. And if I could just do that, you know, a couple days in a row, you know, I, I joke with my friends all the time, Hey, I've got a streak going, you know, today's five days in a row of, you know, me doing a little bit of extra mobility at the end of the day. Cause you know what? I don't want to be an old, you know, not able to move around, dude. I want to be able to feel a little bit more, uh, feel a little bit more limber, but it's replacing those, those negative habits and that negative self-talk with those positive habits and that positive self-talk. And then, you know, you string a couple of those days together and then you, you, you can be undeniable in six months. You can be a completely changed person in six months. Yeah, and, you, and you build like a habits. toolkit of, you build a toolkit of confidence, right? Because even if you, you know, fall off the wagon, right? With your mobility day, you say, well, wait a minute, there was a time that I could do it. I did it for three days. So next time I'm going to go for four and you can, you know, you use that and then snowball off of it um, and build energy off of it as, as well, you know, as you keep moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of also a, uh, at least, and I, I forget who, who I heard it from. So it's definitely not my idea, but where it's, it's a way that y your mind is telling you like, okay, so I, I know Aaron, I don't know if you're still doing uh, intermittent fasting. I think Aaron eats like once a day or something like that. Like I don't, I don't do that, but it's that whole, okay, do you need to eat? Like, do you actually, does your mind actually have control of your body? Like when I go to pick up that ice cream or cheesecake, right? I struggle with that <laughs> a lot, <laughs> you know, we all do ice cream and cheesecake yeah. are delicious. That's why. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, it, it, but I also have to go like, man, am I going to let this control me or do I own my body? Do I own my decisions and stuff like that? Like it's, it's something that I struggle with and I think, I think everybody does, but, um, anyway, I, more of a comment than a, than a question, yeah, but I, I don't I think know. That, Can you no, relate to that? <laughs> I can. And, and I think that it also, you have to kind of have a why, and it doesn't mean you have to have, you're a pro athlete with this why of like competing or, or whatever. But for some people, a why could just be, you know, self love. Um, I know kind of weaving this in together, you know, one way I got sick of my own shit, right. was like, you know, I, I had been racing for a while and I've always been pretty good, but I took it to the next level a couple of years ago because gee, like when you start taking care of your body and fueling it, it performs better. And like, you know, this when you have an eating disorder, but you don't care, right? Like, and so, you know, part of that decision was, I am so tired of getting third and fourth and fifth at, at these races, I want to win them. But mm -hmm. I'm standing in my own way, because I can't be an athlete, I don't get both anymore. Rachel, you get to decide now, which one do you want more? Do you want to win a Spartan race or do you want to live this horrible existence that you've built for yourself, you know, in, in the, in the throes of, of, of like being a sick bulimic. And it was like, I had to make that decision. And so when my decision is, does this support obstacle course racing? And if the answer is no, um, it's, it's not it for me. And, and like, and, yeah. and I'm lucky to have found something I'm not passionate about. Right. But it's like, you know, people ask, oh, why don't you want to go out? Oh, why don't you eat this? You want to drink this? I'm like, you know, it's easy because when I know how it feels to to win, that's all I care about. And so you really kind of have to find a why I think that can, that can help you. If it's just because people tell me I'm supposed to look skinny, like that's not going to be a why it's, you know, it's gotta, you gotta have a real reason not to want to eat the, the cheesecake, right? It could be yeah. because I have kids that I want to stay alive and healthy to be able to see grow up or, or whatever. For me, it was, you know, I'm sick of this feeling of coming home in fourth place. Like, and you know, I'm standing in my own way. So you know, kind of Boy, there, there is some competitive spirit there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but you can't, but you can't do what you're doing without being 
like extremely competitive. So I'm, <laughs> Do, but um, I'm actually not like I'm not like a cutthroat person. I am pretty competitive with myself, though. Like I like to push myself, but but I think um, that that's that's a, like yeah. at least the three of us right here. Uh, I think like I am. I don't care. Like I, I just did a Spartan race. I don't know a month ago with the, with some of the recruits here in Vegas. They, Wasn't it they so much fun? Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, like, I've done. No. I've done. Mid- <laughs> He's like, no. no I love him. He's like, I, I can't love believe him. you do this all the time. But, you know, and and like I've done, I've I've done a lot of them. You know, that and the tough mutters and stuff like that. But it was fun doing it with the recruits. And but I mean, they they demolished me, right? And okay, so there's some excuses in there that I'm sure I could I could throw out. But I I'm happy for them. I was more pissed at myself. Mm-hmm. Like. I should have done better. I should have, I should have throttled back a little bit more on this obstacle or, or in between this one. And I should have accelerated more on that one. Or I, I you know, and I start debriefing everything and I, man, I could have done this better. And so that I know for next time, but again, to not looking at the course, cause I don't look at the course either. Um, beforehand, like it's the chaos of it. And I, I also go, well, like I should, like if I'm, if I'm truly, you know, have that general preparedness, you know, preparing for life, then it shouldn't matter what the next obstacle is. I should just be ready or at least trained to be ready for it. So, yeah. um, it, and, and it's funny because like I said, I've, I've done a lot of those, not, not to the extent you have, but do you still, or have you ever gotten any kind of the, the nervousness or anxiety or the, the kind of, you know, pumped up for that? Because I know that I, and I don't even know if it's anxiety or nervousness or whatever it is, or excitement, just, you know, I'm excited to do it, but like being able to harness that and use that, have you figured out how to do that? I'm, I'm working on it. I still struggle with the imposter syndrome sometimes because, and I think that, that the fear motivates me more than anything, because I still operate at like every race I show up to, I'm like, is this the one where the wheels are going to fall off? Is this the <laughs> one where... Right everyone's going to find out I've been a fraud this entire time. This entire time. time. This entire time. Like this is the one where it's like somebody just like pops my balloon and I, and I'm just done. And so it's almost like I'm waiting for that to happen. So that fear, I think keeps that anxious, excited. I've gotten better about not being as negative. Like I, you know, one thing I've really had to work on is I used to be so anxious about it leading up to it that the whole week before, Four, I wasn't even enjoying anything because I was stressed about it. And then I'd finish it and be like, Rachel, why are you like wasting the energy to worry about it? Because no matter what happens, you're going to be fine. And I think that that's been the, what's really helped me is like, it, you know, the, I've, I've had races where I've like not been able to get an obstacle and I get a DNF, right? Like some week, it's like you win one weekend and the next, it's like you get a DNF and it's like, I can survive that. Like, I can survive whatever the worst case scenario is. So that's what really I think can take the anxiety off. The anxiety is coming from the unknown, the unexpected. But once you get that confidence of like, you know, the outcome, it may not be what I want it to be, but I know that no matter what it's going to be, I within myself can survive whatever it is, even if it's the most embarrassing thing that could happen, right? Like I'm going to be okay. And I think that's the one thing that's really helped me turn that negative thinking around to be like, wait a minute, what, let's talk about what's the worst case scenario. And no matter what happens, it's, that's what happens and I'll be okay. But I do yeah. still get anxious. I do get a little anxious though. Cause I'm, again, I think I'm going to every time be like, this is the one where they're all like, uh, she, right. Man, yeah. I expected a, I expected I knew it. a lot better. Yeah. yeah. We knew yeah. it the whole time. We, we knew, knew it. it. She was faking it. Yeah. Well, jokes on you, Rachel. I'm showing up to one of these races and I'm going to be like, boo. Get like the old vaudeville hook and like pull me off or whatever. <laughs> I'm going to play you off the stage like the Sandman at the Apollo. Like you're out of here, you. <laughs> so what, what was the first step? So that, I mean, that's a lifelong process. We, we do the same thing, by the way. Jared and I have talked about this. Trent and I have talked about this. We all talk about this. We, I don't know how many times. So we have an initial fitness test, right? And there's a, it's a hard fitness test for folks to pass to get into the Air Force Special Warfare Career Fields. I've had candidates that come out and no, I, no, I ran one like I think this is like four months ago now. The guy literally got out and he looked at me in the face and he goes, listen, if I can get through this run without puking, this is going to be a win. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, are you not in shape? And he's like, no, man, I just get so nervous. He's like, I start thinking about, am I going to be able to do 
you know, am I going to be able to do the job and what happens with deployments? He's like, honestly, it floods over me. I'm like, bro, you got to take a step back. This is a fitness test, man. Like, I'm just asking you to do certain events in a certain order. And it's really not that hard. Like, it's pretty easy to pass the IFT. It's almost impossible to max it out. It's really easy to pass, though. Why are you putting so much pressure on yourself? What what were the first steps that you took to get where you are now? Because we all still have anxiety. We all still have that use stress, right? That good stress that we use to fuel us and to make us perform better. What did you use to stay away from redlining when you realized that in yourself? Um, like, sorry, you broke up a little bit on that the very last question you just said. So oh, okay, yeah. No, I was just wondering how how you started to train yourself to really be. You know, was it was it positive self talk? You know, you had mentioned. You know, okay, I understand that the worst thing that can happen, I'm going to be okay. Was it just telling yourself that over and over again? It has a, it really actually like it is self-talk. I mean, it's, it was really examining the relationship with myself in my head. Um, and one of my, like, this may be like the smallest thing, but I started writing mantras on my hand in Sharpie, um, like before a race, like I would put something nice. like, you know, just breathe or be brave. Or, I mean, there's certain songs I love, like, like maybe like a lyric, like a couple of words of a song, like little one liner type things. Um, and, and using like tools like that so that when things get hard, I mean, it's, it's crazy how just like a couple of words on your hands can like oh, yeah. make all of the difference when you're falling apart. Um, but that was one tool that I've used a lot um, because like you can't always predict your emotions, but it's like, all right, how can you control? How can you control like that your self-care? How can you take care of yourself? It can be the smallest thing of like bringing a chapstick with you on course, if that's what you like, or a certain type of gum. I mean, I, I know those are small things, but it's, you know, how can I take care of myself? How can I, you know, be a friend of myself, but really examining how I talk to myself. Um, you know, what you say when you fail the obstacle and you're doing burpees makes a huge difference. And, you know, when you fail something, do you now let it ruin your race? Um, and I had to learn that the hard way, right? Like giving up on yourself, um, you know, really early. So I, I would think, I think it all really does start with self-talk. And when you're out on a race course and on our races, you can't bring headphones. You're not listening to, you know, it's, it's you out there. Um, you really learn how you talk to yourself when oh, you yeah. have to do these things. Um, and so it was really, that was my relationship with myself is really the thing I've had to work on. Um, you know, external relationships are important. Those need work. But I would say that the biggest change in my life is how I treat and talk to myself. Um, you know, I've read a little bit of Jordan Peterson stuff and he has this concept and I'm going to butcher it and not say it right, but it's <laughs> essentially like, um, you know, treat yourself in the way that you would treat somebody that you were in charge of taking care of. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's so simple, but it's like, so many of us are so loving to everyone around us. Mm -hmm. And then we don't take care of ourselves. And, um, you know, and, and I think that that was the, the biggest lesson. I think if I had to pick one lesson, it's how I've talked to myself. That's really the thing that's changed. Right. Um, yeah. That, Jordan, huge fan of Jordan Peterson. He yeah. said, treat yourself like you're like treat yourself like somebody that you're responsible for, like treat yourself yeah. like somebody that you are responsible for taking care of in our circles. We, we kind of encapsulate everything that you're talking about. We call it failing fast. Like you're going to fail. We're going to put you in positions where you're going to fail. You're going to fail as an athlete. You're going to fail as a person. You're going to fail as a grown man or a grown woman. You know, we, we may shake the foundation of who you are down to your ego, but that's the point. We need you to fail fast. Okay. You, you didn't get that obstacle. Okay. Done. You failed, get to the burpees, let's get these done quickly, and then let's move on. Like, take whatever less, it's, it's not ignoring your failures, and it's not saying, you know, you're not happy talking yourself and saying, oh, okay, this is, this is, you know, everything is fine. No, it's totally okay to be like, hey, I suck today. I failed. I missed that obstacle. I did, you know, for us, you know, I, I didn't do well on this shooting event, or I didn't lead the team in the way that I was supposed to, or, you know, I failed in this part of my career, or whatever, but you got to fail fast. You got to get through that obstacle. You got to treat yourself with love and care and respect. Like you're responsible for keeping yourself because you are, you know, humans and sentient beings. It's a, it's a weird woo woo thing to think about, but we're the only uh, animal that fights ourselves daily. Like we legitimately fight ourselves with our own internal monologue every single day. And we have to try to find a way to do that in a way that is nice. That is, you know, loving that helps us grow as opposed to just getting absolutely crushed every single day. 
Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you're going to fail and it's really how you deal with it because that's the past. Literally the second, every second that passes, it's behind you. It's done. You can't change it. So when you're doing your burpees, sitting there beating yourself up about how I should have, could have fell off or what did I, it doesn't matter. It's gone. It's like, get through the work, take responsibility for it, get over it. You're here now. Like just keep moving. Um, you know, and, and I actually had, it's, it's just we're talking about this. I had like a profound moment last weekend. I did this um, really, really hard event. Um, Go, Ruck, Go Ruck put it on. It was like a two day games. Um, we had like eight evolutions. We were camping out. It was really competitive and tough, but unpredictable, right? They didn't tell us what our stuff was until we showed up. Um, and one of the events they had us, it was a workout, but part of it, you had to tie military knots and then, you know, do a rock run and open water swim. And you only had so many chances at these knots and then you'd have to do a burpee penalty. And, um, you know, I'm not a, like, I cannot put furniture together. I told you guys I'm not an IT person. Like I've always had this identity of like, I can like, don't give me like, like needle point or something. I just, I'm not going to do it. And so they're giving us a really quick brief lesson in this knot tying, right? Like this really quick, like three knots. And I'm just like watching all the other athletes just get it like that. And I'm sitting here like, panicking because I'm like, oh, I'm being, I am about to be so exposed in my ignorance. Everyone's going to laugh at me. I mean, I'm going to be the athlete here of everyone that cannot get these knots. And it's like, all right, 10 more minutes of learning. And I'm like, I haven't figured out any of the three, like, oh my God. And everyone else, (laughs) it it looks effortless. And I'm sitting there and, and mind you, this is like, we're at night. We have headlamps on. This is like 36 hours in this thing. And I had this profound moment with myself because I'm practicing on my rope and I'm getting frustrated and I'm not talking to anybody, right? I'm by myself. And I said, I'm too stupid to do this. And I had this like shock. It was almost like this, not even like out of body, but it's like, I heard myself say that. And, and then that's like that Jordan Peterson lesson, kind of like that thought came immediately to me, like, Rachel, how can you say that about yourself? Like yeah, you wouldn't let you, even... you wouldn't let somebody call one of yeah, your friends like, stupid. If somebody yeah, said like, that to one of your friends, you'd be like, "Hey, yes. hold on, yeah, don't call my friend stupid. Right. Like, don't call this person I love or care about or respect stupid." How you know? I was like, like you're almost looking around, like who just called me stupid? Like I just, I just said <laughs> right. that, and I, I mean, this and this is right before a competition, and and it, I had this moment where it was like, "Oh my God, Rachel, like you cannot, you're not going to get the knots if you if you talk like that. Like how can you treat yourself this way?" You know, and, and and it was this growth moment for me because five, 10 years ago, I would have just, oh, I'm so stupid. I can't do this and blah, 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 you know, and, but I was just, I had this moment where I heard it and and I just like said, no. And I, you know, I still got last place in the event, but I got every knot. And so I didn't care that I got last place in that event because That's a win. I stopped and I switched it. And, and, it, but it was crazy to like, you know, and people may not realize how often they do those things or, or they hear it in their head. They don't even realize that like, oh, you're a failure. Oh, there you go again. Oh, wow. There you dropped it. Oh, you're stupid. Like, I mean, people don't even realize how normal that dialogue is. And so I just, again, it came out of my mouth. So I had this profound, like actually hearing it experience. But I think that, you know, I would always, I would challenge a lot of people that might be listening that may be struggling kind of with where to even start. It's like, when you do, when you fail, when you do something, when you knock over your drink, when you spill your coffee on yourself, when you run late for something, say the wrong thing, make an ass out of yourself, what does your mind say? Is it like, oh, there you go again? You like, God, you. I mean, and and a lot of us do that, and I think that's really the first step. Is like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, is that how you would want someone to talk about your spouse or your kid? Um, so why don't you? How can you not talk about yourself that way? So, um, you know, that yeah. was it was crazy. That was about a week ago, and I've still been. I saved my practice rope and I tied it up in a knot, and it's sitting in my home gym in a place where I can see it. Um, hey, if you so need I help, can, I know a guy. You know, you know what I'm like, well, I know I, how to tie I, him I, now, but you know, I know a couple guys. A, a, I, look, I can tie <laughs> a bowling knot. Okay, you need a bowling knot. I'm your girl. Bowling, um, I got you. you know, We're not bowling in a, in a girth hitch. I bet those, those are the with a knots. with a half hitch or some shit <laughs> like yeah, that. There we like go. Drama, drama. Tur- yeah, girth hitch with extra turn. Oh my god, got him. Yeah, but I mean, but anyway, I mean, I just I think for people listening, it's like really like the first step is identifying that inner dialogue. I mean, just like uh, seeing it because I think we're just so used to it that you don't even hear yeah. that voice in your head. I was lucky enough to, you know, have some moments like that in my life to like, whoa, Rachel, you need to like flip this around. But, um, you know, I think that's kind of the first step is what's going on. You know, what are you saying to yourself? Yeah. Um, 
Well, and you you recognize pretty early, and you know we've got we've got a buddy uh, J Mac out there who who he used to be chubby growing up, and he he's been on the podcast I don't know three or four times now, yeah, yeah. and he talks about like hey I, like I just I sit here and and as I'm running or as I'm about to you know go out to dinner or something like that, and I see something yeah 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 you little fat kid don't you eat that yeah if he, I mean he's just but but it, it works By the for way, him ultra marathon runner now the guy runs yeah yeah the guy runs like yeah. fifty no, milers and like crushes you would laugh sometimes when I'm out there running on a race I'm like pick up your fucking feet Rachel come on yeah. like <laughs> come yeah. on Rachel like, like I mean I say that to myself and it's a tough yeah. love self coaching but it's like you know, I want to walk and I'm like, those girls behind you aren't walking. Like pick yep. up your feet. Like, what are you yeah. doing, Rachel? I, like, yeah. so you, you can do that in a constructive way, right? You know, you can get, turn that into a level of self-coaching. Cause I mean, that's also, you have to find humor in it too. Like, oh, for sure. You know, when like, you yeah. fall like, oh, come on, Rachel. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, <laughs> why are you on, stubbing your toe? And, yeah. Like, I mean, so, but it's being able to come to that level of the humor of letting it go and realizing like, none of this is a big deal. Um, it's giving you know, yourself tough love. Yeah, yeah, and, la- yeah. and laughing at yourself because we're yeah. all pretty, pretty ridiculous. Goofy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the the going back to your your Jordan Peterson uh, Jordan Peterson reference, um, and I I can't remember who said it, but that's that's actually one of the things that we we kind of think about whenever folks are coming to the Air Force and the military is is, um, you know, there are parents. Um, husbands, wives, sons, and daughters that that folks are essentially lending to the Air Force or lending to the Navy, the the DOD, and the military to say, "Hey, the, these are the person. This is the person that I care about." Or these, you know, because a lot of families they're just military families, and I'm I'm trusting you, DOD, to care for my family appropriately, and those member, members and those leadership roles to care and treat um, my, the people that I care about as, as your own, you know? And, and I think that's important. And I think like when, when Jordan Peterson, like if you ever get a chance, by the way, if you get a chance to go see Jordan Peterson speak uh, at one of his events, like I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Okay. But, um, and, th- and that might even actually be where I heard it from, but it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, and if you, you have that mindset going in, when you start to, talk to people and to talk to yourself, like it'll, it'll definitely change the language that is used for sure. Yeah. And kind of continuing it. Like if you can't get your shit together with yourself, you really can't have a healthy relationship with anyone else either. Um, and I know that's no. such a cliche thing, but it's like, you know, how, how can you even show up as your best for anyone, even no matter how much you do, you want to, right. If you can't even, you know, work, get, get your own shit together. Um, so it's yeah. just, you know, it's, and so it's also, I think it's our diligence, like as a human being, um, to work on ourselves in that way, because I know that my journey inward has made me a better person outward too. Um, you know, when you, um, stop being so selfish that you dwell in self-hatred and self-destruction, right. You now have more energy to actually give to others. Um, and so yeah. I think it's kind of our duty and, and it's, and it's a personal responsibility of everybody to, to be working on themselves so that you can bring your best to the people that you love. Um, and you know, just in your communities and work and whatever it is that you do. Mm-hmm. And so I've also noticed a change in, in myself. Um, I didn't love the person I was before. I'm, I still don't love the person I am now, but I'm at least more proud of how I treat myself and others. Um, but again, it started with me. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so kind of getting out of the mental aspect yeah. of it. What are, what are some of the ways that you recover, you know, ways whether recover. it's recover from training or, or recover from, um, you know, some of these races, I mean, you said it was like a 48 hour ruck race with a whole bunch of different things in it. So how, how do you recover from some of these events? Probably not enough. Um, you know, I just stay, stay hot. So it's like, I'm always, my muscles are always warm. So it's like, they don't have time to settle in. <laughs> I don't have time for doms. Um, but not just kidding. Kind of not really. Um, I think that really my, my recovery is really in like daily lifestyle. So for me, it's not even what do I do after it's what do I do every day leading up to what do I do during? And then of course the days after, because it's all part of this big hole. And so for me, it's really every day it's, you know, drinking a lot of water, not really drinking alcohol, not drinking 
things I don't need to drink other than maybe, you know, my coffee and water and maybe some like supplements and stuff, but eating healthy every day. I mean, if you do, if you, if you're keeping your body fine tuned, it's going to bounce back. So it's not really just about what you do immediately after, but for me, it's really just living that lifestyle. Um, you know, I love, um, Epsom salt baths. Um, I probably don't foam roll and stretch enough because I can't sit still enough to do it. Um, but I love to do things like dog walks, um, stretch when I, you know, think about it, but really for me, it's, if, if I do it every day, if I eat it really food and I think that diet and, and water and like lifestyle really is what it is. I go to bed early, you know, I don't go out and do fun things. <laughs> I, I go to bed Shout early. Out. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I in go, that bed at nine. Hey, yeah. I'm in like that bed I, at nine o'clock girl. I go to bed early. I drink out. water. I don't after that. You know, I eat yeah. a lot of vegetables. Um, if I'm feeling tired, you know, and I, and I work out a lot, but I think also like I work on my headspace, um, you know, but I do love like Epsom salt baths and, you know, I take amino acids, um, but really I don't do anything wild and crazy. I, I, I'm too like, you know, I like to like do my own things. So I'm too like cheap and lazy to go do all that. Like whatever it is that right. people do to, to recover. <laughs> right, yeah, but cryo I just, and- yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty used to it now. I mean, I compete 25, 26 weekends a month. Um, so, you know, I'm, oh, wow. yeah. And some of them are double day weekends. Some of them are like just a race on Saturday, but some are, you know, Spartans have two days. Sometimes they're like games events. Um, so I'm just, my body now I'm just used to, it's like, it's, it's taken a while, but, um, you know, you just have to listen to yourself and I guess sleep, yeah. eat, drink water, get fresh air, you know, just the sleep's an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Right. <laughs> Nothing, no, no magic, that. no magic, just. choosing choosing healthy every day the best i can you know yeah absolutely matt frazier said that if if they could put the benefits that you got from sleeping like getting a good eight hours of sleep if they could put that into a pill every sport would immediately make that pill illegal yeah that's how important sleep is to recovery and and strength and stuff and just sit and even if you can't sleep sitting sitting quietly you know yeah so what's up next for you? What's the, what's the big race on the horizon for you coming up, Rachel? Big, big race. Um, I, like last weekend was probably one of my like really big things. Let's see. I got a lot. Um, the next seven weekends in a row after this, I'll be traveling and competing at six of them. So I'm doing, oh, wow. yeah, okay. I'm doing a, a savage race next weekend in Charleston. Then I'll be in Nashville doing this like CrossFit type competition. Then I'll be in Maryland doing another savage race. Um, then I, then I get a weekend at home then. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been, I've been with, um, with hoist, you know, they, they work with Savage race. Um, they're the finish line drink. So they're your rehydration when you finish a Savage race. So I was lucky enough to partner with them this year, um, at Savage race. And so I, um, managed their tent for them, um, and get to hang out. So after I race in the morning, I get to hang out and meet people and, you know, just, it's like a dream come true. I get to like give them their drink and ask how the race was. So I'll be at, you know, 15 of those this year. Um, but I guess big, one of my big goals, um, go rock has a 50 mile world championship. That's 50 miles with the 20 pound ruck, um, in October. So I I'd like to go do that. Um, there's an obstacle course racing world championship in California, um, that I'll probably hit up, but you know, the good thing about doing it as frequently as I do is, um, you know, you, you don't really get your heart broken if one of them doesn't materialize. So, um, you know, I, I guess it's just, my big thing is to just be able to keep doing what I'm doing, I guess, and, and, and continue forward. Outstanding. Well, if anybody wants to follow Rachel and make sure that you know exactly where she's going to be with these next 25 to 26 weekends (laughs) a year where she's competing. If you have a question, you want to get into an obstacle race, you know, I think a lot of people get intimidated by it. Um, or, you know, I get a lot of people that want to ask about eating disorder recovery. I'm an open book about it because what is our wisdom if, you know, we don't share it, like the lessons that I learned don't matter unless I can help someone else with it. So I love it when people reach out to me, I try to answer, um, messages, you know, I try to, you know, really, really connect with people. So you can hit me up, ask me questions. Yeah. So find Rachel over on Instagram at Rachel underscore fit underscore girl. You can find her link tree there. So you can find where she is partnered with go ruck and invisible force aminos 
Mudgear Hannibal Rays Pro Team, and of course over at Team Hoist, which is how we met and how we all got you know got together. So a big shout out for, for oh, Team I Hoist. Love, Go to drinkhoist.com. I love the Hoist team. So great drink, great <laughs> yeah, people. Absolutely. Um, Al, Allie's great, isn't she? Oh, I love Allie. I mean, they have. I love the whole team. They have. They have been so such a big supporter um, of, of me, and I just like really, really appreciate them a lot. So I want to make sure I shout them out, and also again, Go Ruck um, has really helped me step it up with my training as well. Awesome. Well, we always end with a piece of advice, right? So for anybody that wants to try to do anything impossible, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, we're not asking you to pretend that you're a special operator, but you do something that less than 1% of the, the population, I didn't do any math on this. I'm just guessing there's not a lot of people that can do what you do. So for those people that may want to get into this thing or that may you know look to you for inspiration or motivation, what would be your advice to those folks that are trying to do something impossible? I'm sorry, you broke up. I know you asked. So like by just by one like piece of advice is really like, oh yep. God, that's just one. Like there's, but there's so much to say, you know? Um, can I make it like a sentence with semicolons in it? Like that's- You could do whatever. You could do whatever. <laughs> right. but, Floor I mean, is yours. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's it's really go, go inward. Um, don't be afraid to go inward because um, whatever you're going through, it has nothing to do with the, the outside world. I mean, once once you go inward, um, work on yourself, um, go into those dark places and, and poke around in them and, and don't be afraid to go there and, and work on them um, because, you know, we kind of, we go into this world alone. We go out of it alone. Um, your relationship with yourself is really the most important thing. Fantastic. Rachel Waters, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody Thanks make sure to follow me. us over at One's Ready. Yeah, no worries. Make sure to follow us over at onesready.com. Check the website out for everything. We're going to put some of those books that you recommended on our reading list. We have a huge library that we try to help people out. Follow us on Instagram. Make sure to follow Rachel at Rachel underscore fit underscore girl. And make sure you're following up on everything that she's doing. Rachel, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Everybody else, train hard. We'll see you